If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough on the Tuesday edition and glad to welcome back uh, a lady who's been on a little bit of a vacation because she's got a lot of grandbabies to go see or have come see her, I should say. KT McFarlane, uh, former national security advisor to Donald Trump and a few other administrations. KT, it's good to have you. It's always a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Now, we've got a, a big season in front of us as it's going to relate to the presidential campaign and what's going to happen before, you know, November of 24. And uh, I'm going to look forward to our weekly chats because national security policy, global affairs is, I think, has never been more important going into an election cycle. And our domestic stuff is so messed up. I think the temptation is going to be by a lot of the candidates to only focus on that. But we're going to need to really see where these guys stand on the the national, the international stuff, too. And I want to ask you right off the bat, um, Russia and China last week. And then I found out about six months ago had been uh, engaging in war games, uh, technically in our waters. And uh, we've we've kind of told them you're not supposed to do that. But Katie McFarland, should we be having stronger language with these two? Yeah. OK, so let's just do a little step back. What has been the sort of biggest worry of American foreign policy since the 1950s? It's the Sino-Soviet alliance, China and Russia getting together. So the whole point of the detente with China in the 1970s, led by Richard Nixon, was to break China off from Russia, so separate them. And then Reagan, fast forward, the whole takedown of the Soviet Union during the Cold War was to sort of neutralize that, that country as a, an adversary. So then we have enjoyed this couple of decades of peace. So now, where are we now? Well, we've got people in charge in Washington who are not even paying attention to this. The biggest strategic threat to the United States is not just China. China is a big problem for us, and it can threaten our way of living. It can threaten our economy. It can threaten our position in the world. But China and Russia together, that's that's the lethal combination. Because what it is is Chinese money, Chinese technology, with Russian natural resources and Russian military equipment. And that, that coalition... This time, unlike in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, where Russia, Soviet Union, was the senior partner, now it's going to be China's the senior partner. And those two together, working in concert, is especially if we have to go against them, whether it's economically, militarily, technologically, in any way, if we go alone against them, I don't see how the United States necessarily prevails in every case. So that's the, that's the alliance we've got to worry about. And they're flexing their muscles. They're flexing their muscles, as you point out, in military, um, co-military um, exercises where the two of them are working together. But they're also flexing their muscles independently and individually, where the Russian um, aircraft and naval vessels are sort of strafing ours or you know, trying to interfere with ours, where the Chinese um, Navy is trying to blockade us out of the, um, of the Taiwan Straits. So they're doing it aggressively individually. And they're doing it aggressively, really aggressively together. And that, to me, is the worry going forward for the next 10 years. How do we deal with that? And I think Washington is just asleep at the wheel. KT, do we even have 10 years? I mean, I speak with Gordon Chang on a regular basis, and he's telling me that um, President Xi has the entire Chinese people, not just the military, but the, the population 
on a war footing. He's preparing them. He's telling them it's going to happen. Uh, they they are uh, preparing in the private sector to be, you know, uh, in this mindset of being at war with someone. Um, and certainly we seem to be the biggest target. Now, when you combine what you just said with that type of mentality, and then you've got a couple of other players, Iran and North Korea, that are all awfully buddy-buddy with the two of them as well. You're talking about a serious axis of powers here. An axis of evils with an incentive to to take military action or to take Cold War action, shall we say. Because Gordon is very um, one of the first people to point out the Chinese economy is in trouble. Right. And they've got a democracy. Which is why he's more dangerous for war, because if he has to if he has to distract the people and say, forget the economy, we're fine. Well, let's go get the the, the bad guys. Then that's what he'll do. Because the communist um, parties deal with the Chinese people for 70 years has been give us all the power and we'll promote and improve your standard of living. And that was a fair trade as long as their standard of living goes up. But it's now stagnating and they have sort of three big problems. They have. You know, the global economy is slowing down, so they're importing less, they're exporting less. Number two, they have a demographic time bomb because if they're one one child policy uh, 30, 40 years ago, it means that all of a sudden there's preferred child is a male. And so there was a disproportionate number of young males to females in their population of the 20, 30 year olds. And they have very high unemployment in that youth generation. So all those things together, what does Xi Jinping do to unify his people? Well, he's going to have to find a foreign adversary and he's going to whip up the war fever and the Chinese, you know, the sort of not only hegemony, but sort of pride and uber pride in the Chinese nation and the Chinese culture. Very similar to what Hitler was doing um, prior to World War II. So the Chinese have an incentive to look for a, a fight overseas or an enemy to unify their people. The Russians, they're not doing very well economically, not doing very well in their international relations and they have a lot of natural resources to sell who needs natural resources china so the relationship between the two is is just terrifying and they have the incentive to go look for foreign enemies we don't but they do so along those lines let's shift gears slightly um we've got a lot of things going on at home and yet uh the biden administration has just asked for a hundred gazillion billion D uh, more dollars for Ukraine. Um, and it seems like that's all he's asking for money for. Basically. I mean, I spoke to former FEMA people yesterday about the Maui situation and, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're sending what 10 times as much money to Ukraine as what he's going to allocate for the recovery of, of Maui. This is, this is really um, a, a kind of a head scratcher. It is a head scratcher. And it, you, then it belies the fact of why has the Biden administration been so pushed Ukraine to never settle with Russia? They seem to want unconditional surrender, which everybody, including the Pentagon, knows is unrealistic. The Ukraine spring offensive has failed. And we're now in a war of attrition. Who wins a war of attrition? The bigger, richer country. Who's a richer country? Russia, because of high energy prices. Thank you very much for Joe Biden's war on American fossil fuels. But we keep p- pumping money into that one. And encouraging them not to settle, while at the same time, as you say, well, we were ignoring the natural disaster we have in our own country. No, that's well said. KT McFarland, thank you for your insights, and we'll look forward to talking to you again. Honor and a pleasure. Thank you, you Kevin. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Don't go away. <laughs> 